How are you guys doing? Welcome over here to episode 58 of Speak the Truth. I hope you guys are having a fantastic week. It is Tuesday. It is Tuesday. I'm down here in Texas drinking a little bit of coffee. We're going to kick this thing off with uh, General Marine Frank McKenzie. I actually said that backwards. It's actually Marine General Frank McKenzie. He said that the U.S. has lost literally virtually all its capabilities to track Islamic terrorists in Al-Qaeda and other organizations inside of Afghanistan after Democratic President Joe Biden has pulled out of Afghanistan. As you guys do know, his big chaotic pullout. He spoke at the Pentagon and he said that it is clear that Al-Qaeda is attempting to rebuild its presence inside of Afghanistan. And he said that militants are coming into the country through its porous border. But it's hard for the U.S. to actually track its numbers, which is not super shocking because clearly we can't even track people coming into our porous border. He said that they're clearly at, they're, that they're currently at a one to two percent of the capabilities that they used to have when we were actually inside of Afghanistan. And he warned that this meant that it was very hard to make sure that the, the major terrorist organizations like Al-Qaeda and ISIS cannot use Afghanistan to launch attacks against the United States. McKenzie said that the ISIS would reinvigorate over the Taliban, or excuse me, after the Taliban released number ISIS terrorists from Afghan prisons that were actually abandoned under Biden's leadership, the ISIS terrorists who murdered 13 U- U.S. service members during that suicide attack. So certainly we should expect a resurgent ISIS. It would be very surprising if it weren't the case. It's the same thing I said literally three months ago. It remains to be seen that the Taliban are going to be able to make any effort or effective action against the Taliban. Or excuse me, against ISIS, which we know what's going to happen. The Taliban's not going to go after ISIS. It's, it, the, the, they, will, they will. They will fight each other, but it's not going to be something they're going to be proactively doing like we would. He said also during an interview that last week the U.S. military was still trying to look into Afghanistan for particularly ISIS-K targets and Al-Qaeda targets, but it was very difficult to see the targets because of the loss of intelligence capabilities because of Biden's disaster. Now, this shouldn't really shock anybody. It's something that I said. I think the lowest, lowest level private in the military probably knew this was going to happen. We pull out of an area that has literally a festering cancerous cesspool that it is when it comes to terrorist organizations. If Once you pull out... And you give them ability. What, what happens to a cancer that you do not try to treat? It just festers and, and runs rampant through your body. The same thing is going to happen with these, with, with these, with these terrorist organizations, these groups. They're the most scum of the earth people that have nothing better to do. And they think of nothing else more than just to kill every single American they possibly can in Western allies themselves. I'm going to tell you guys right now, by the end of Biden's term, he's going to have to redeal with this. This is going to have to happen. He's going to have to deal with it in some sort of fashion. Maybe we may not know about it. Maybe behind the scenes. But I promise you, you this is not going to let you're not going to let something fester for three to four years and then not do something about it. It's, it's going to happen. I don't, I don't know how you guys can't see it or how they can't even see it. I can see it. I personally can see it sitting here in Texas, and I have since it started pretty much. <laughs> we'll take a flight back over to the United States. You know, I just want to give you guys a pretty pretty brief little thing about Afghanistan, which we all knew was going to happen. I just hope that they actually don't make it to American soil. And actually, I, I, I hope we never have another 9-11, which we shouldn't. The CIA and FBI and everybody like that is very, 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 very good at their job. So I don't really see us having too many problems with that. But I, ho- I hope that's not the case. Stuff does slip through the crack, cracks. We are humans. Anyway, if you guys live in California, mask warning will become mandatory in all indoor public settings across California regarding your vaccination status. That is right. doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not. 
you're going to have to wear a mask. The mask mandate is mirroring a requirement already in effect in L.A. County and select other counties across the state, and it will stay in place till January 15th. The state will also toughen the restriction for unvaccinated people who attend indoor mega events, not MAGA, mega events of 1,000 people or more, requiring them to receive a negative COVID test within one day of the event. Blah, 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 blah. It doesn't really matter. You have to get a test, and then you have to get another one uh, 72 hours of the event. So you literally got to get testing if you're not not vaccinated, apparently. Which to me is kind of crazy because down in San Diego, health officials actually announced that there's a person who is vaccinated and has who's been vaccinated fully and actually been boosted. So down there in that the San Diego County, everybody has to wear masks everywhere you go. So this this goes on to my point. I always talk about numbers. I love stats. I love numbers. Give me numbers. Give me some actual hard evidence on why some is. You can't just come out and say that like a mask is is effective at getting rid of of uh, your chances are, are trying to negate some of your chances of actually getting the virus. Give it, give us a number. What, what are the chances? Is it 2%, 10%, hundred percent, 8%, 80, give it, give us, give us a number. You can't just say it's, it's going to mitigate your chance. Well, what is that mitigation? Well, in fact, right here, this person living in a County that's fully masked and has been fully masked this entire time and has had stringent laws and stringent, just they've shut down everything. This one person who is fully vaccinated, like I said, fully boosted has actually got the new variant, new strand has got it. It's running through their veins. How did they get it? Does anybody know how they got it? You know, it's just, I, I'm telling you, this is something we're not going to be able to stop. It's something we're going to have to learn to live with. I mean, China just had their first, their first, no, their second one, excuse me, their second one. Then you have, what do you have, um, um, Australia, who's literally an island who's been cut off from the rest of the, from the world pretty much since the beginning of this thing. They've got it. Is This is not something we're going to be able to stop. It's something we need to learn to live with. I mean, they have pills, which we do, we're going to talk about. They have pills out now that literally stop stop you from like an 85% survival rate. When, I mean, there's so much stuff out there. I'm vaccinated myself mainly because I wanted to travel. I'm not really scared of vaccines. They don't bother me. So, I mean, sure, why not? I want to get it. But what I'm saying is just, it's just so goofy. And, and, and you're going to have vaccine hesitancy within a, a core group of people when they're like, all right, so you're going to make me mask up. Okay, that's fine. If I'm vaccinated or va- unvaccinated, but what's the point of the vaccine if you're making me wear a mask? If you're telling me that the vaccine's so effective, why are we forced to wear a mask? That's what people are asking. And if they're going to continue to ask it, and people, and the government is wondering why there's such vaccine hesitancy, it's because of stuff like that. It's because of laws like that. It has nothing to do with people sitting on, on, on social media talking about vaccine misinformation. It's literally the federal government, it's the local governments, I guess, pushing agendas like this. Like, you have to be fully boosted and fully vaccinated, but we're still going to make you wear a mask. So what's the point of the vaccine? What they should do is come out and say, if you're vaccinated, we are so confident in its ability to stop and to or not stop, but just make sure that people aren't going to die from this virus. You don't have to wear a mask. That's how confident we are in the vaccine. If they said that, people would go get it. It'd make me think twice. All right, cool. So you could take away masks completely forever for the rest of eternity if we just got, we, okay. But that's not the case. So anyway, all indoor public areas also across New York are also requiring masks for all people of full proof of vaccination prior to entry. That took effect on Monday, and it covers any indoor space that is not a private residence. New York joins several states that have imposed several indoor mask mandates, including Washington, Oregon, Illinois, New Mexico, Nevada, and Hawaii. The Big Apple, you guys will be fined $1,000 for each violation if you show up and want to go eat and you guys don't have a mask and you try to walk in. The measure will also be reassessed in January 15th. You have There's multiple different things here. I mean, they have like a full... Uh, a proof of full course vaccination requirement. You guys can use this app just like they had when I was over in France. The same thing they're having there in New York. To be able to get into a public area, you have to, you have to have it. It's just, 
Oh, and, and I scroll down here on this article, and, and they must be getting so many questions about this because they actually the state has had to put on a fax on their news mass mandates. One of the questions: Does the vaccine? Does this mean the vaccines aren't working? Why implement this? Uh, why implement this mandate? And when will it end? That's literally the three questions people are continually asking. It's the same thing I just talked about. I don't care if you're red, blue in the middle. When you give the government the ability, like like they've given them the last couple of years, they're going to overreach and overstep their boundaries every single time. Every time. Every time. If you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile. And this is one of those kind of things right here. Well, there was a 67-year-old man that actually entered China on November 27th in Shanghai and underwent two weeks Two weeks of centralized quarantine during which he repeatedly tested negative. The man then flew from Shanghai to another area, which I'm not going to pronounce because I can't, uh, on Air China. The man then entered into a home quarantine. He then tested again on November 12th, a full 15 days after arriving in China. With the results coming back as positive, positive, 15 days after sitting in a home quarantine. The man has been diagnosed as a confirmed case, meaning he has symptoms and is being treated in isolation in a hospital. Which is kind of crazy. Gentleman literally has been quarantined for two weeks. One of those kind of situations where I'm like, does anybody really know anything about this? Are we going to be able to stop it or do we just learn to live with it? And this is the other thing. There's been one death on all of Earth currently. I don't know if this is lagging results, but I mean, it's been out for a little while. Omicron's been out for, for, for I don't know, about what, two weeks now, Charles? Maybe 10 days? Okay, something's around there. 10 days or two weeks. And usually these things are lagging, but there's only one one death so far has been in the UK. And I can go through and I, just like I have been, I go look at the COVID, COVID number stats worldwide, all time, new cases. It's just about sitting the summertime peak when we had that the third wave or whatever they want to call it currently right now. Except during the third wave, we had, there was actually deaths that went, went along with it. You know, like the, the spike came in deaths along with, along with the wave. Granted, it wasn't nearly as high as the second one. And currently right now, there was a slight spike, but now it's been a downward trend the entire time. So what I'm saying is I get it. It's lagging. It's always been a lagging indicator. But if we come two or three weeks from now and, and it's just like, oh, my God, I'm just, I'm just, I feel like I'm not the only American right now. Just probably not even American, just person on planet Earth that is sick and tired of having to talk about this. I mean, there is good news. There's pills right now currently that treat COVID-19 and hold strong against hospitalizations. This is good. Pfizer updated his results on his experimental treatment for COVID-19 showed it cut the risk of hospitalization or death by 89% when given to high-risk adults a few days after the first symptoms. That's what's kind of crazy. So after a month of follow-up, the study found five hospitalizations and no deaths among 697 people who received the drug within the first three days of symptoms. And among 682 who received placebo, 44 were hospitalized and nine died. So if it was given within the first five days of symptoms, the efficiency rate was actually 88%. They hold up against the similar announcement of the company from last month. So now there's a pill out there that if you put a, you put the pill in your mouth and you swallow the son of a gun and you take it within five days of getting a symptom, you have a survival rate of 88%. That's if, you, that's, that's if by the way, if you were unvaccinated. Just so everybody's aware, this was unvaccinated. So imagine if you were you are vaccinated. It's kind of like the back of those uh, hand sanitizer bottles when they say kills off 99.9% of germs. I don't know if I'd say it's the same, but you get where I'm going with it. All right, I'm done talking about that. Uh, makes me want to just beat my head into a wall. That's literally what we got to talk about sometimes. But it is it is kind of a big deal. 
a lot of people have died from it. I, I am very well aware. I know there's people at YouTube who are currently watching this video who, who have got to approve it. Because honestly, I, you know what? A lot of the podcasts, I'll say 75%, have to get approved. But 100% of the TikTok videos, the reaction videos have to get approved. If you guys are not subscribed to the channel, you guys need to go to Speak the Truth on YouTube and go and just go subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you guys want to see all these podcasts actually on video, you want to see my sweet, succulent looking self, and you guys want to see uh, the, the TikTok videos are the, the funniest ones. I think, and then we do, we do one every single Sunday, a reaction video. It's not always on TikTok, but I guess here recently it has been woke TikTok reaction videos. And they're done really, really well. The feedback is phenomenal. People love them. Now, YouTube didn't love, love them too much, but we've also doubled in size over the last month. We're sitting, we, we should be cracking 25,000 subs on YouTube today. And I mean, we've over doubled a month ago. We were sitting, we were sitting at just at 11 or 12,000. So we've, we've just had doubled, which is really good. I think that's phenomenal. So Miss Saki is saying apparently that there are a range of reasons for increasing crime and smashing grab robberies in the cities across the country, dodging a question whether they were soft on crime or policies to blame. So Miss Saki actually went on and said that they've seen an increase in crime over the course of the pandemic, but there are a range of reasons for that. The president has proposed additional funding and budget to make sure local police departments and cops have funding they need, which is somewhat ironic because the entire Democratic Party in 2020 was talking about defunding the police. Now they're talking about increasing the funding for police because they realized how stupid it was to get rid of cops. But they're not going to ever publicly say it. It's not going to be part of their agenda. It's always going to be about changing, getting rid of cops and changing the name of them. When in fact, you're always going to need policing. Always. Humans don't police themselves. So we also have worked directly with police departments in areas where they're seeing the highest impact of crime, the retail theft, which we have a great concern about. One of the root reasons of crime in communities is gun violence and gun violence that we've seen stats around the country said that last week, adding a root cause in a lot of communities in the pandemic. I'm pretty sure it's not, not that I think it has to do with defunding the police and being uh, tying, tying the police's hands behind their back, not allowing them to actually do their job. You know, I, I don't, I don't think gun violence is, is going to decrease if you, if you get rid of cops, it's not the way that works, which is even kind of crazier because there's a uh, cops program. The president is actually champion. They gave $140 million. They're going to be hiring 50 to 20 more police officers over there in LA and San Francisco. Yeah. San, San Francisco, excuse me. You guys understand how many cops that is for LA 20 additional cops, 20. Yeah. I don't think it's going to help with the smash and grab. I don't really think the smash and grab is a cops cops thing. It has to do with the DA being too soft on people that commit crimes. They're literally letting them out the same day, like legitimately. If they're not the same day, they're out the next. If they didn't commit a violent crime, they're being released on little to no bail, and that shouldn't do anything. So people are just going to continue to commit crimes, especially their misdemeanor offenses. If they're just misdemeanor offenses, people are going to continue to commit them if they can just get released instantly. So I'm going to go ahead and, and give uh, some praise to CNN here. I originally had actually done this piece, and then after I was done doing it, I had to do a little bit of research. I I read it originally, and it wasn't from CNN. And I was like, you know what? Before I go on and I, and I keep reading this piece, I'm going to make sure that they actually didn't put one out themselves. And they did. And I'm going to give them a lot of respect for this because this is one of those kind of things where, you know, I, I don't want to side with one, with one company or one, one side, one left or right view. But I'll give them, give them props. They've actually been in, in a, some rough waters, some really hot waters here recently when it comes to they had Chris Cuomo and then they had uh, the Jesse Smollett thing, the, other, the gentleman they had texting with him uh, during his trial whatnot, or before his trial, giving him information. And then they have this. John Griffin was a CNN producer. Was, a re- was, was actually just arrested for attempting to persuade minors to engage in, in unlawful sexual activity. I originally had thought that they didn't, they didn't post anything about it. I'm like, how can you be news and not talk about some of the biggest stuff that's actually happening? 
Well, it actually is. Imagine being at CNN's office right now. They are probably just, just not, they're probably not having a very good day. It's probably not a very good day. So a Connecticut man, John Griffin, was arrested Friday and charged with three counts of using a facility on interstate commerce to attempt to entice minors and engage in unlawful sexual activity. That's from the uh, United States Attorney's Office in the District of Vermont. He's a 44-year-old man, has been a producer of CNN for about eight years. They have uh, suspended him, of course, for, uh, for doing what he does. Or did, I guess. And the spokesperson from the network house said that uh, they didn't know about the charges and they're, it's deeply disturbing. It is very deeply disturbing. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and read them here. The charges stem from a conversation between Griffin and purported uh, parents of minors, uh, minor daughters, in which he allegedly tried to persuade them and allowed him to train their daughters to be sexually submissive, as well as an incident in which prosecutors allege unlawful sexual activity occurred with a nine-year-old girl. According to the indictment, Griffin allegedly paid and kept an online profile on BDSM dating fetish and kink site for several years leading up to the 2020, uh, leading up to July of 2020, on which he allegedly wrote that he was looking for women who were sexually submissive and open-minded. During conversations on separate online platforms, Griffin allegedly said he believed in a way of life in which women were sexually subservient and inferior to men, according to the indictment. He allegedly used online platforms to seek parents who would allow him to train their minor daughters to be sexually subservient. Around February 2020, Griffin allegedly acquired a Vermont ski house in which he offered to host mother and and minor daughters for sexual training purposes. Between April and June of 2020, prosecutors allege Griffin talked online with the purported father of a 14-year-old girl and separately the mother of a 16-year-old girl, proposing they begin sexual training. What kind of what kind of father? What that father should be getting some some like what in the world? In June and July, Griffin allegedly talked online and on the phone with someone who claimed to be the mother of two girls, nine and thirteen. Ah, uh, that may have not been a. He may have just been catfished there. It may have been the federal government. Griffin allegedly paid more than three thousand dollars to fly her and her nine-year-old girl to Boston. Never mind, it was not the government. Where the prosecutors say he picked them up from the airport and brought them to his ski house, where the child was directed to engage and did engage in illegal sexual activity. The allegations are deeply disturbing. The office is committed to working with our partners, the United States Attorney's Office, to ensure Mr. Griffin is held accountable for his actions. That said the FBI in a statement. Anyway, he is convicted. The Griffin's going to get 10 years to life on each count. Yeah, imagine being at CNN this week. It is it is not a very, very good week going into their holiday. They're probably just waiting. Like, please, Christmas, come along. We want to go home to our families. We want to be done with this. Please be done with this. And it just keeps coming out. That ain't good. That's not going to help them. Honestly, it's not really their fault that the gentlemen work for them. But, I mean, over those last 10 days or so, it kind of gives you an idea who, who who actually works there and what kind of people they're hiring, I guess. Or it just could be a string of bad luck. This is pretty bad. I'm not going to go into detail what I think they should do to men like this, but that ain't good. Especially the guy. If he was talking to a guy that was that was trying to, to get his 14-year-old daughter to do that, that's terrible. Absolutely terrible. The 11 Democrats who could replace Joe Biden in 2024. Are you guys really interested in this? Because I know you are. Apparently, the White House is aware of the whispers made clear that Biden is actually planning to run for a second term. The president has every intention for running for re-election. That's from Jen Psaki. And she said that on Monday, this Monday, number one on the list is Kamala Harris. If you guys don't know, she's undoubtedly struggled as vice president and she's still the most likely Democrat not named Biden to wind up as a Democratic nominee in 2024. I don't know. If she's been struggling as vice president, I don't really see her becoming president. And then it says Pete Buttigieg. He's apparently the most naturally talented candidate in 2024 field. I don't know about that. Elizabeth Warren, popular among liberals. 
Yes, we do know. But liberals actually make up a very small percentage of the actual voters. And now she's not going to be sharing them with with her old communist friend, Bernie, Bernie Sanders. Amy Klobuchar. Hmm. Roy Cooper. Don't actually know who he is. I'm going to be honest with you. Don't know who Roy Cooper is. Mitch Landrew. Apparently, he was the guy that was tasked with implementing the inf- infrastructure bill. He's he's not he's not going to be on any radars. And you got uh, I don't know who Gina Raimondo is. She's a Rhode Island governor. I don't really know these people. I'm telling you right now, these people aren't going to be making any type of run for it. Uh, Gretchen Whitmer. We guys knew who we do know who that is. Phil Murphy. Mm, don't really know. J.B. Pritzker. Don't know you. And Stacey Abrams. We all know Stacey, Stacey Abrams. She's last on the list. I don't know how she's even on this list. She can't even win the governor's mansion in 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 Georgia, so don't really know how that's going to pan out. She probably should 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 win that one first before talking about a being a president. So, all right, on to the next one. Thanks for your eleven. It's really really excited about that. And last but not least, the appeals court, the Fifth U.S. Circuit. Court of Appeals made the ruling on the so-called remain in Mexico policy that President Biden described on the campaign trail and suspended just hours after taking office. Texas and Missouri sued over the revocation and federal judge later ruled the policy formerly known as the Migrant Protection Protocols has actually been reinstated. So there you go. They won that thing that he was going to talk about taking away. He can't. And Biden administration pretty much lost that one. And no one's going to talk about that because it's not really that big of a deal other than for the people that well, live in Texas and all the southern states. So, that are bordering Mexico. I hope you guys enjoyed this quick little podcast over here. I will see you guys tomorrow with another episode. I do love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with me. I am out. Mm-hmm.